All right, and welcome back to the College Football University podcast, episode number four. We're going to talk recapping last week's games, uh, and then we'll shift gears to the upcoming week. We've got the SEC back. It's very exciting. We can't wait to talk about it. We've got the Big 12, and we've got the ACC as well. Then a decent group of five matchup, too. Three ranked matchups. Three ranked matchups. That's three times more than we had last week that means it's going to be three times better i don't know if that's true but we're going to roll with it uh, hopefully it's more times better more times better like all of the times three better times as many games as well that's right more games more football more exciting it's going to be great let's get into it So let's start with a recap of last week. Um, I say we break it down kind of the time of the game. So we start with um, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, and then we can end with the the headliner that was in uh, Louisville. Sounds good. Um, Well, this was a snooze fest. (laughs) Yeah, surprisingly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Early kick, and I guess first game of the year, Oklahoma State came out. Uh, kind of put forth a dud. Mostly, I mean, Spencer Sanders got hurt early on. If he plays the whole game, it's probably a bit different. Um, yeah, it was uh, some quarterback struggles. Chuba was bottled up for most of the game. And that's how Oklahoma State scored 16 points for, I don't know, scoring. I don't think I've ever seen them score under 20, or at least it was maybe bad. not in my lifetime. It's been a minute. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how much you can take away from that game in terms of, like, you know, is Oklahoma State overrated? Yada yada yada. I mean, Spencer Sanders, assuming he comes back 100%, you hope that um, injury doesn't uh, nag him all year. But assuming he does, the offense looked pretty good uh, while he was in. Um, so yeah, Tylen. It, it was also good to see Tylen Wallace sort of getting back. They were giving him some limited snaps, but he played really well in the time that he was in there. It didn't seem to be hampered by the uh, by his leg injury from last year either. So that was a that was a welcome sight for sure. Have you heard anything about a timetable for Spence's injury? I mean, Gundy, Gundy after the game said uh, said he didn't think it was too serious, and there's been nothing that's come out about this weekend's game. Yeah. Yet, so I'm just going to go forth with the notion that he'll be playing against West Virginia. Oh, you think he is? I I would assume so. Based I don't on, think he is. I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't know. I think Ellingsworth's playing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Ellingsworth definitely looks like the guy of the future. And, you know, came in and probably saved that uh, – Save that game for sure. Well, they yeah. were going to lose if they left in the bullet kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, he was, was bad. He was struggling, and that offense was just stuck for quarter and a half, two quarters. But, yeah, Ellingworth came in and showed why he was a four-star. Um, made a lot of nice passes. It, uh, I mean, it helps when he got Tyler Walls to throw it to. He was just throwing some jump yeah. balls up down the sideline pretty much, and that's the best sort of best thing for a young quarterback to have a reliable receiver like that to uh, just go up and get whatever he throws at him. Uh, and I guess another point that you were talking about uh, earlier was just the how well the defense looked in that game as well. That was uh, it's got to be something good to see for Cowboy fans. It was Tulsa, but yeah, the defense looked very good with little to no help from the offense. Halfway through the first quarter, through the third quarter, when Bullock was playing, they were going three and out like eighty percent of the time. 
yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, and that's not that's not something you tend to see out of yeah. a team like Oklahoma State is their defense to be able to sort of will them to a win, carry them to a win yeah. in this game. Um, so yeah, that was good. Looked um looked very looked flying all over the field. Looked very fast, physical. Um, so I mean that they were hyping this unit up as maybe being the best defense Gundy's had since um, maybe early 2010, something like that. They've uh, they really like this unit. Uh, I believe it's <clears throat> nine or ten returning starters, something like that, um, and a lot of experience. So that was uh, that was a welcome sight overall. I mean, 16 to seven is not a pretty score by any stretch no. imagination, but this year. Especially in these first games, as we've learned, if you can just get out of it alive with a win and learn from it and hopefully stay healthy, then you can take that and run with it because you can't be too picky as of right now with the results you're getting as long as they're W's. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that both teams heard that the Big Ten was coming back and they thought they should play homage to Northwestern Purdue at 11 a.m. Yeah. Just punts and field goals yeah (laughs) definitely uh definitely reminded me of one of those games i was looking forward to seeing the oklahoma state offense put up 40 plus points uh early saturday morning and that did uh that did not happen unfortunately but yeah maybe they uh, maybe they were paying homage to the big 10 um and their eventual return so um yeah the um and then the uh midday game we saw ucf really uh really put a stamp down on that Georgia Tech hype after last week they beat Florida State. That was uh Dylan Gabriel just throws lasers only. He just he only throws absolute dots for all of his completions pretty much. It's incredible. He uh, is very talented and unfortunately I think it's gonna mean that Mackenzie Milton's playing time will be very limited because you can't go away from the hot hand, especially when you get him for two more years. After this, anyways, I mean, he looks yeah, great. Though. I do wonder. I think the only thing that could probably get Gabriel to be benched now is if they do lose a game or he just plays, I don't know, has an off day, something like that. Because, I mean, he just – he looked too good against um, Georgia Tech. I, it's probably – I don't know. It's maybe the state he came from and also the lefty aspect. But, I mean, he reminds me a lot of Tua and <clears throat> what Tua was, just with how accurate he was – how well he could throw deep balls, just the power that he had behind his throws. I, I don't know. I just I see a lot of Tua and Dylan Gabriel. Just Dylan's a bit smaller, um, I believe. But yeah, the UCF offense has not missed a beat. Dylan Gabriel is set to be even better than he was last year, and he already had a pretty great year last year. Um, and yeah, Georgia Tech. You just saw you saw some of that youth come out. Um, a lot of key turnovers, um, not finishing off drives, just put them behind. Um, they still they still overall played. Good game. You can definitely tell this every game this year. This Tech team is going to be tough, a tough out. You know, you're going to get challenged each game. Jeff Sims played well. J- the uh, Jameer Gibbs kid finally got sort of his time to sort of shine. He was a um, product out of I believe Dalton, Georgia, who just it put up insane numbers and had offers from everywhere. But he had I, there was one game I remember. I think he had over like 450 yards rushing, something something around that, where he just just tore. I mean, he was tearing up defenses all across state Georgia. And I think, yeah, Tech got a steal in him because he had a great game, both returning uh, kicks and uh, and uh, running the ball as well. So I think because he and Sims are both freshmen, you're going to be seeing a lot of that duo in the future for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, Georgia Tech, although they lost, it's definitely another building block. 
Honestly, UCF is a better team than Florida State. They played better competition this week and they didn't win, but they looked all right. And you can see that the program is definitely headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, UCF looks good. They're definitely going to be a player in the American. I think right now I would probably say they're the favorite because of Kenneth Gainwell's opt out at Memphis. No, yeah, I'd agree. I don't. I don't. I mean, even though Cincinnati put up fifty five was against Austin P. I don't. I still don't trust it's Austin P. I don't trust Cincinnati's offense to be able to keep up with UCF, especially since they're playing in Orlando this year. And um, UCF will have, probably have revenge on their minds for last year's game. And I just. I, I still think UCF's a more talented team. Um, I mean, that matchup between Cincinnati's defense and their offense will be uh, one to behold for sure when that comes around. But yeah, I'd have to I'd have to side with UCF as of now um, to win the American this year, um, just based on yeah, based on how great how just flaw almost flawless they looked yeah. against Tech. So it was uh, yeah, that was a um, that was an interesting result for sure. And then we had our. Uh, had our uh, primetime matchup, first ranked matchup of the year. Miami took on Louisville, and uh, we saw we saw possibly a new era of Miami football being born. Um, tentatively, as of now, we can't. <laughs> Don't can never, declare them can back never yet. Never say too You'll much. Regret it. <laughs> can never say too much with Miami or teams like them, because then it'll come back to bite you in the end. But. The rules are Miami, U- USC, Texas, and Texas. You Michigan, never declare them back quite yet. Or Michigan, you're right. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a nice little the nice little group. You can also throw Tennessee in there possibly as well, something like that. I uh, I feel like nobody's all... really declared them back though. Like the other teams, like when Darnold was there, they're like USC's back to being USC again, and then the one year later they're like actually they stink, and Michigan does it every year. Yeah, no, it's a it's a perpetual loop that all those teams live yeah. in. That I just I would not be able to survive. The circle of, of life. Yeah, it um. But on a more positive note for Canes fans, Derek King and that offense. I mean, that you could tell they really they really put their foot in the gas this week. They held back a little bit against UAB, and they were just they pulled out all the stops. Um, I mean. All the weapons got involved. Brevin Jordan had a great game. That running back crew had a great game. King just looks in such firm control of that offense, both uh, in the read option game and the passing game. Um, had a much better week throwing the ball um, against Louisville. Um, and yeah, I just, I was very impressed. I don't think I've, this Miami offense hasn't looked that good. I mean, I hadn't looked that good. They weren't that good under Brad Kaya. So, I mean, I would venture to say they haven't, they probably haven't been this good on offense since early 2000s possibly uh, i just i think they're that good i think Rhett lashley's doing a really good job in calling this offense the tempo with the personnel that they have really works they've got a lot of speed a lot of athleticism a lot of experience which helps as well with running the up tempo stuff and Louisville's defense just looked on their heels the entire game so i was really impressed and really excited with what i saw from king and them Louisville's defense looked flat. Yeah, they looked. Flat. I mean, they just they looked a step behind the entire game, and it was just. I did not expect that at all. But um, yeah, it was. They, they had no answers for King. They had no answers for anything Miami threw at them. It was mm-hmm. it was over in the first quarter. It was like you could just tell Miami was a better football team. Yeah, I just I, I attribute that a lot to the to Derek King and the. Um, and the first definitely but also but also i mean lashley's play calling you had some trick plays in there a lot of misdirection stuff a lot of eye candy as well um of course i mean he stems from the 
um, old Auburn days with um, Nick Marshall, Cam Newton, calling those offenses. It's going to be very similar with a running quarterback like this. A lot of motion, a lot of read option, a lot of sort of creative play calling, I guess, which it's just so great for him because he's coming into a situation where he's got a senior quarterback in Derrick King who has played just countless amount of snaps, been in a lot of big-time games, and uh, and is really ready to sort of, I think, lead a team the caliber of Miami. So, yeah, I, the, the Louisville offense played great in their own right, um, but it was just not enough to keep up. The um, Miami defense was a bit iffy in this one. Um, I won't lie, but Louisville does have – Louisville has a great offense of their own right that I think uh, is going to be putting up points all year, so I can't fault them too much for that. But, yeah, I um, it was it, Louisville did not have enough to keep up in that game, which uh, essentially sort of – I don't know. As of right now, at least, it kicks them sort of out of that top four, top five range of the ACC, slides Miami in there. Is now one of the uh, one of the possible contenders. Would I think you that, um, label them as a contender now or no? Miami. Yes. No. No. I still think Notre Dame and North Carolina are class above. Yeah. But, um, I would say, like Louisville, I think they're good, but they need to figure it out on defense because there were multiple plays where there was somebody alone, no one within twenty yards. That there was that one wheel route that the yeah. running back ran, and it was ridiculous. It, how can you let someone get that yeah, open? I mean, it's yeah, it's a combination of them fearing King running and the read options. They've got to commit to that. It's also a combination of I think Lashley's play calling, just sort of designing stuff where guys can be wide open if a defense falls for his tricks. So, I um, yeah, I think Diaz got it right with this hire, and I think he fits. Lashley fits with this personnel and that system fits with this personnel. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll discuss Miami's opening week or um, game this upcoming week later on. Another another big one for them. But, yeah, very, very impressed. And I'm excited to see Miami being a contender again. Um, actually, it's college football is better. That, the year when they um, were undefeated up until the last weekend, that was fun to watch. I enjoyed watching them win. Um, a bunch of big games and stuff like that. So I'm hoping we see similar things this year where deep into the season, they've still got a chance at, you know, an AC title and you knows possibly, I mean, a playoff berth, geez, maybe that would be. I think they're good, but I don't think they're that good. Yeah. Uh, they, they looked good, but I want to, did, did they, when do they play Clemson? Uh, I think they, they play Florida State, then they have a bye, then Clemson. Okay, so it's upcoming. Mm-hmm. If they can hang with Clemson, then I might think that they have a shot to, you know, beat out Notre Dame or UNC for that that second spot. But right now, I got to see it to believe it. I think that Notre Dame's defense and uh, UNC's defense aren't going to let guys be that wide open. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, it'll be it'll be different. I think they're gonna they're gonna play some better competition. A lot of teams are also gonna get some film on them after this one. I think they came out and sort of shocked Louisville a bit with what they were doing. So I think some uh, some teams will be able to adjust to what they're doing um, as time goes on. But I um, definitely definitely impressed. I definitely I can see them being a contender. And you know they they don't play Notre Dame um, unfortunately. So that sort of if it comes down to it, Clemson's the one spot, then everybody's fighting it out for the third spot. Um, that'll uh, 
that'll be interesting seeing how they uh how all that pans out because i could see them unc and Notre Dame all finishing with two three losses maybe and all sort of being in some tiebreaker situations um so I don't does, know. We'll see. does the ACC have the tiebreaker that it's like uh, you're whoever's higher ranked in the playoff rankings? Is that their tiebreaker? Um, no, I know I some conferences I'd, use that. Yeah, I, I would say it's head to head first, and then well after that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I don't really know, especially without divisions this year. It's it's weird to think, or it's weird to think about. I guess what the rules. Um, for stuff like that would be just because the ACC has never not had divisions. Um, yeah, so it is interesting. Uh, I don't know how that'll work out, but it'll be uh, regardless fun to watch. Yeah, so um, we can probably shift gears to the upcoming week and talk some Big Twelve. We'll start with the most disappointing conference first. Mm-hmm. So the most interesting game probably of this Big 12 slate is the Oklahoma State game because they really need to show what they are at this point. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, they've got a a tough West Virginia team coming in, a scrappy team as well. Um, A really, a really good defensive line with the Stills Brothers lining up front. Um, I think they'll be tough defensively. Jared Duwege is a solid quarterback who I think is going to play even better than he did last year, um, this upcoming season. So I... I can see this one being very close just because I think if Illingworth is starting, um, Stills Brothers could get after him, disrupt his rhythm, his confidence, and then a, a lot will be on the shoulders of Chuba Hubbard. And just after last week, he sort of he wasn't able to break off any of those typical big runs. It's, if he doesn't do that again, can Oklahoma State you know, win a game um, even like this where they're uh, even ranked team at home playing against West Virginia? So I don't... I don't know. I think it'll be um, it'll be interesting to watch. I can see it definitely being a one score game at the end of it. But uh, I mean, much like what last year was when um, they went into Morgantown with the backup quarterback and came out edged out a very close defensive battle. So I don't know. As of right now, I still I, OSU. I think will win this game, but West Virginia's definitely going to test them. Yeah, I think that they're very lucky that the game isn't in Morgantown, honestly. I think even with a few fans and just having to travel, that that could make a big difference because they really need to win this game. They need to get off on the right foot and show people that they can be what everyone said they could be going into this year, you know? So this is this is the first step to doing that. They can blame the whole game week one on the quarterback situation and Sanders' injury and they they didn't get to Illingworth right away and that that excuse it's not going to work this week um they've got to show that the defense playing that well wasn't a fluke and that they can move the ball regardless of who's under center because they have too many weapons 
Um, so yeah. it, it's it is a must win for them for sure. This could definitely be a statement game. It's a uh, yeah, as you said, it's a must win just in the grand scheme of things. Them wanting to stay up there with Oklahoma and Texas, and you know West Virginia is a team coming in not much to lose. Really wanted to sort of prove themselves on a national scale. So I don't know. It's a it's an interesting dynamic in that one uh, for sure. So. Uh, speaking of uh, some of those contenders, um, Oklahoma will be uh, hosting Kansas State. Spencer Rattler will be starting in his first uh, first conference game. Um, I think, I as per usual, I think um, a fairly easy one. It, Big Twelve teams, the mid mid tier Big Twelve teams, generally do not fare very well going into Norman. Um, <laughs> no, not and at all. Kansas State also beat OU last year. I think revenge will be a factor in this one. I think Rattler is going to play probably more than a half, so I think his numbers are probably going to be even more eye-popping than they were last week. Um, but I think, yeah, the biggest thing to take out from that one is the Kansas State offense is not necessarily um, is not anything to scoff at. I think they had a solid week when they played Arkansas State. So it'll be very interesting to see if that Oklahoma defense, you know, every year OU fans claim they're improved on defense after they shut out Missouri State and Texas Tech or whatever. <laughs> yes. But then there's a couple of games like the Kansas State game last year where they just throw all defensive preparations to the wind. So and they just forget how to tackle. Exactly. It's, just, it's like so how did that man? I'm eager to see this week. You know how how they match up. Are they really improved? You know, um, has Alex French got this unit? You know, on the right track. So I think this will this will be a good test for that for sure. But I'd easy dub for Oklahoma. I think. Yeah. I think if the Big 12 is going to be it as top heavy as it looks going into this conference slate, um, you're going to need OU and Texas. They can't slip up. They can't mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the conference. If you're going to be that top heavy, it has to. You, OU's got to go nine and one or ten and zero. They they have to for just going into the going in the postseason. That has to be the situation. Um, if if they lose a game like they did last year to K State. The Big Twelve might not make the playoff. They might, they might yeah. put in a second SEC team, and then with the Big Ten being back, you get one from all the conferences. Like the yeah. Big Twelve needs the, needs OU to win games like this. They need Texas to win games like they are going to have to play this week on the road in Lubbock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Big Twelve sort of lives in that perpetual state where they are, um, they're just they're stuck with having to be nearly their top teams are having to stuck with being nearly perfect just because. Big 12 isn't as nationally respected, and um, and yeah, they just don't have the strength of schedule that um, a lot of the other teams have. But yeah, you mentioned that Texas game. I just, I, I mean, Sam Ellinger over under 500 yards passing. I might have to take the over. Wow. Just considering that, Houston wow. Baptist did that last week. I just, I, Texas Tech's defense. I did not watch the Houston Baptist game because I don't, it was not on, t- it was on like ESPN Plus or something like that, Big 12 Network maybe, but, uh, yeah, I don't I unless Texas Tech turns this into the shootout, which I don't think they'll do either. I trust I think Texas is I think committed this year to not playing down to opponents and to um yeah, I think just to prove a lot of people wrong. So I don't I can't see this game being closer than a twenty point game, to be honest. I think Texas goes into Lubbock, wins their um uh wins their semi Semi big rivalry game um, up there in state foes, and really, uh, really makes a statement, possibly an even bigger statement than Oklahoma this week. I think Ellinger, Ellinger has a monster game, puts up some of those Heisman numbers that we've been saying. So, but um, here's my thing about 
your Ellinger 500 yard take. I think Texas might be blowing them out so much that he doesn't get the chance because the Texas Tech defense looks awful. And I think honestly, he could hand it off every time, tell them they were going to do it, and they'd win by three scores. That's probably true. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it'll. The only way Ellinger probably plays past the third quarter is if (laughs) if Alan Bowman really has a bless you. If Alan Bowman really has a. has a great game, which I mean, he did last week, and I think he's he's fully capable of doing that. I just think the Texas defense is better this year. Uh, they've got a lot of nasty dudes up front, um, and I don't I don't think Texas Tech has got the uh, got the caliber of players, the caliber of weapons that they usually have on the outside to uh, to really do some damage. So I don't. Yeah, I'd say yeah, take the take the over on any Texas uh, Texas score lines, any Texas stats for this week. I. Uh, I just I can't. And if Texas Tech shocks me, then pull some of that Lubbock magic. Then you know, all the better. That will be entertaining to watch. Uh, but yeah, Texas Texas big. I'd say definitely. With. If they don't win by three or four scores, I will be shocked. Yeah, as will I. It um. So yeah, we also uh, we'll have Baylor hosting Kansas. Our game first, of the week. Game first of the week. Look at uh, Dave Aranda Baylor after they have had to cancel just so many different games. Just. For Baylor, Houston also just recently had their game for this weekend canceled as well. So Houston's now like over four or something like that. So COVID just really doesn't like Texas. Um, but yeah, Charlie Brewer should have a strong week. Kansas is abysmal. Bounce back game after losing to the Chanticleers. No. They need a bounce back, Parker. Come on, not at all. Come on, not happening. They're so good. No, even though last year they did lose to Coastal Carolina and then beat Boston College, which made so, no sense. Uh, yeah, no, that's not yeah. going to happen this year. Baylor is – I think Baylor's a solid team. I think Baylor's looking to maybe take advantage of how some of these other Big 12 teams to start out the year have kind of slipped up a bit. I think Baylor is, you know, could shock some people, rise up above ISU, Kansas State, stuff like that, and really uh, really have a uh, a good year, good first year for Dave Miranda, some building blocks for the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, speaking of ISU, it's also that one of the biggest – Maybe not the biggest game in the Big 12, the biggest swing game for sure. Um, ISU is playing at TCU in Ames. So. Everything in that game depends on who's under center for TCU because Iowa State does not look good. Um, Brock Purdy's receivers can't catch the ball. Is Charlie Kolar still out? Um, I, mm, the, way they, the way they play, were at the first week, he was only going to be out for one week. Okay, but all right. So he'll have one receiver. Um, Brees Hall looks good. But um, if the receivers play like that and the defense played like it did week one, the, they better hope that whoever's TCU's backup quarterback is just has as much talent as you or I. I mean, because they played so bad. They Brock Purdy wasn't he thirteen for thirty one? Yeah, no, I, you he, cannot it was, win a game uh, it was completing an, that many passes. It, it was not a typical game for him. This is also a must-win for Iowa State. I would say. No, yeah, I think they have to win. If either DC one of these, so much. if either one of these teams want to surprise and you know compete for a Big Twelve championship appearance, I think this is a must-win. Um, I think TCU's got a ton of talent on defense. If Duggan is starting, I Which, think they take this hope. game. Um, I just saw today Zach Evans though was was uh, put his fifth fifth string on the uh, TCU depth chart. Which fifth? Yeah. Which I don't. Maybe He's a monster. Maybe it's the attitude problem again. It it's gotta be. Maybe it's that. He's um, too good to be maybe, a fifth maybe stringer. Maybe TCU is going to use a committee of backs and they're just sort of uh, listing them all out. Was it? Um, or maybe it, it didn't. Was it or or was it really he was fifth string? 
No, they said it was it's fifth string. I mean, they had the five, wow. five names listed. I mean, I don't. That's awful. You don't know how things are going to work right now. They yeah. could uh, they could be rotating a lot of guys in and out. But I still think I think TC was a very talented team. I think uh, I think in Fort Worth they're gonna they're gonna get it done. I think uh, just Iowa State something something doesn't feel right. Something for me, I, I I like Brock Purdy and I like I liked the the teams that Matt Campbell's brought in, um, how they're tough on defense and stuff like that. But I just, something has felt off about their offense at times last year and sort of it was very similar in that Louisiana game. Um, I, I placed most of the blame on the receiving core. Um, yes. And Kolar coming back will help that, but there was a lot of drops. They're not helping Birdie. So that'll, uh, that'll be a good one though. Regardless, I, I think if, it'll be close. If Duggan plays though, I think it could be a bloodbath. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not a believer in Iowa State. I, I'm depends on how healthy Duggan is coming in as well. If he does play, that's how true. How much he runs and stuff like that's that. That's true, but I mean, we'll see. But Iowa State dropped out of the rankings, which was good to see because the fact that they were ranked 23rd after that Week One performance was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that I, yeah, I I think TCU will win regardless. But yeah. if Duggan plays. Don't think it's going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. It might be bad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that about covers could happen. the yeah. Big 12. Um, uh, welcome get, back, SEC. Get into the good stuff. All right, like some SEC real football. Back. Yeah, no, I mean, the SEC slate, I mean, not even – this is not even a – they purposely did not have a loaded week one slate just because of the uncertainty around COVID and being able to play this week. But – there's still a lot of very intriguing games. You're going to see uh, Florida. Those two early games, Florida traveling to Oxford, Kentucky going to Auburn. Both are going to be definitely worth watching for anybody. Um, I just think the debut of Lane Kiffin, his offense, those weapons that he has at Ole Miss versus Kyle Trask and a Florida team that believes they can win the East. Um, there's a lot of storylines. Kiffin can make a major statement, get a signature win, winning this one. Um, or Florida can make a big statement um for their playoff hopes with this one so i am uh i'm definitely eager to watch that one seeing how the kiffin offense looks the game in oxford should be very interesting i think it's what i'm most intrigued about honestly like you said is what Lane kiffin's gonna do with the offense because when john reese plumley got in last year it was heavy run like and they won't be able to beat florida running the ball that much like they'll they will have to have uh, some element of a passing game. And so it'll be interesting to see what Kiffin has got going. I assume it'll still be run dominant. Like, of course it will be, but yeah, I there's going to um, have to be more elements of attacking the defenses through the air. For Ole Miss to take a step up after last year too, Plumley has to become a better passer for sure. Um, he and uh, Jerry and Ely in the backfield can only really carry them so far. So um, in a game like this, you're going to need Plumlee to make some plays with his arm as well because Florida's defense is going to be good enough, athletic enough, to be able to put some spies on him, prevent him from beating him, beating them all the time with his legs. So yes, I am. I, I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big Florida guy this year. I love Kyle Trask. I'd love them winning the East. So I am. Uh, I'll definitely be tuned into this one to see how my uh, preseason pick looks. Uh, I am very excited for the Kentucky Auburn game, though. I think we're going to see. I think it's going to tell us a lot about Bo Nix for the season because Auburn's going to go as he goes. They yeah. they need him to, if they want to have any shot of competing with LSU and obviously Alabama, yeah. that he needs to take a step forward. He was 
at times way too inaccurate last year, way too turnover prone. And this is a good chance against a good, not great team to show that there's been some growth over this extended offseason for sure. Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's what every Auburn fan is going to be looking for, that improvement, that growth from Bo Nix, you know, to for them to be able to compete for an SEC championship. They're going to need him playing at a higher level. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, K- Kentucky is, as you said, not a, not an easy out. I mean, all around, I think top to bottom, they don't really have many glaring weaknesses. Terry Wilson coming back, I think he's ready for a big, uh, there's a, been a lot of hype surrounding him. I think he's ready for a big bounce back here. I think he could, uh, this would be the perfect sort of stage for him to uh, set that up. So I, I think it'll be interesting, possibly low scoring. I think both of these defenses might, uh, might uh, keep the opposition off the board for most of the game. Um, I still, I'll still pick Auburn for sure. Um, in Jordan Hare game one, I don't, I can't see Kentucky going in there pulling off, uh, pulling off a major upset. But, um, but yeah, I think I think both teams will really make a strong case for them being competitive in their respective divisions with this one. I don't, I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. Um, I think, yeah, the the duel between Nixon and Wilson. I think they're both very at similar positions in the uh, in their sort of careers where they're trying to take that next step forward to be sort of in that top tier quarterbacks in the conference. Uh, Wilson coming off injury, Nick's coming off his freshman year. They're both at very pivotal points. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, that's going to be, that's going to be intriguing. Uh, Jordan here student section is going to be uh, going to be rowdy for that one. I believe that's the only fans allowed in for that game. So uh, just the students. Yeah. Or at least, yeah. At least Melzon was talking a lot about how, you know, his student section is going to be very, uh, very helpful for this weekend. So yeah, it'll, uh, That'll be a good one. Um, I also, you're going to have a 3.30 Eastern, of course. Um, CBS games are back. LSU will be hosting Mississippi State. Not exactly, you know, one predicted to be the closest game, but we're getting Mike Leach's debut. I just think I can't wait for Mike Leach to be in the SEC. I think it's going to be so funny just to see him throw the ball like 70 times and like, Ed Ordron be like, this ain't football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I, what I really think, I think one of two things happens. I think either he comes in and Mississippi State just lights up the scoreboard, Air Raid takes the conference by storm this first game, or they're just a complete dud and they get they don't score more than 20. Because, I mean. Yeah, I think you're right. Kylan Hill is great. I love Kylan Hill. I think he's going to be great this year, even though they're going to more pass-heavy system just because they're, uh, they're rushing. Um, Bleach uses the running backs in the passing game a lot as well. Um, KJ Costello is a, I mean, is a pro prospect at quarterback. I think he's great. I don't know if he's um, made for the air raid style. Um, you know, maybe. I think he's adjusted to it already this offseason, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll, it'll take a lot for Mississippi State to go into Death Valley um, and pull that one out. I think KJ could, Costello could legitimately throw his way into the second or third round pick, though. Like, oh, yeah. if it with the way Leach has been allowed to kind of unleashes guys like he has so much he they they're whoever mike leach coaches basically penciled him in to lead the country in passing yards right yeah i mean and you see the success of Minshew so far with the jaguars over these last two years and you know people always doubted the air raid style like the route tree wasn't nfl style and it you didn't get the nfl throws or whatever but i mean costello's got the build he's got the body type he's already in 
people are already eyeing him. You know, maybe he's a late yeah. round pick. And I think that he could legitimately, he could make all SEC. He could play his way into being a second or third round pick just because he's going to get the throat so much. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, as you said, he's got the frame for sure. He's got the pedigree coming out of high school. He had some great years at Stanford. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, nobody's more quarterback friendly than Mike Leach. Um, so, and now him bringing this air raid over to the SEC where he's going to have an even bigger platform to get these quarterbacks out and um, noticed as opposed to playing in the Pac-12 at midnight, 11 p.m. You know, not many people are paying attention to it. So now being in the SEC, if he's got a guy throwing for, I mean, he could have a guy throwing for almost Joe Burrow numbers, you know, every year because that's what he typically does. And, you know, you saw how much, how uh, famous Mr. Burrow became last year. So, I mean, Costello, maybe the same happens. But that being said, I don't think they win as many games as Joe no, Burrow did. No, not a chance. I think Miles Brennan, um, to shift, we haven't even talked about him yet. I, I'm really excited to watch him play, see how this offense has changed. We talked about it a little bit before. Um, just sort of a lot of uncertainty around LSU, but also a lot of um, – yeah, a lot, of, a lot of optimism within that program, I think, from what I, from what everybody's been hearing. I think they're going to have a good debut. I think they definitely comfortably beat Mississippi State. But I do think we see some flashes from the air raid that it can be successful. I think it is going to be very interesting for both teams because, uh, obviously, from Mississippi State, you're not expecting to win, but you want to see those flashes like you talked about that, hey, the air raid is – you can transfer it to the SEC and it can work. And then for LSU – when you lose what ten offensive starters from last year's team, mm-hmm. yeah, you you've got to see that hey, these guys behind them that they're 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 I don't know they're not comparable, but they can do they can do a serviceable job. I mean, you can't expect them to be as good as last year, obviously, but you're gonna want to see Brennan, you know. He's going to need to have a good game, especially mm-hmm. against Mississippi State, one of the worst, de- one of the not as great defenses on his schedule this year. He's going to really need to step it up. Yeah, I think, um, and I think that team is really that team and Ed O um, are both looking forward to really proving a lot of people wrong. A lot of people are doubting them, saying, you know, one hit wonder. That's not going to be. They're not going to continually compete for SEC titles. They're going to go back to being sort of what they were. So I think this <clears throat> this team has a very big chip on their shoulder, and I think they're going to come out and. Uh, definitely show that this this weekend um so yeah then we get into uh the nightcap blowouts is uh they are going to is be what's gonna happen ugly well tennessee south carolina not but yes but the other three ugly yeah george is gonna play in fayetteville felipe franks is gonna get another crack at uga and he's gonna get 30 piece and they're gonna get um, another crack at him they might put a crack in his back exactly yeah um you know jt daniels um Assuming he will be the starter, has not been officially announced yet, but uh, that'll um, it'll be really interesting to watch him in his first start, see what the offense looks like. You know, they went from having Jamie Newman two weeks ago and probably having a completely different offensive system for him, and now you're getting a pro style guy that'll probably be more like. Georgia fans might cringe when I say this, but he'll probably be more like Jake Fromm in terms of the offense that they run. Don't say that to Georgia fans, Parker. You're hurting their hearts. They really, yeah. You don't they, think Munkin will, will at least. He's going to throw it more. No, right. Yeah, I yeah. think he will. I just think the, it, they're both pro style quarterbacks. They're going to be under center, play action. Georgia's still going to be a run first team for sure, rightfully so, because they've got a stable of great backs. I think they're going to pound. Arkansas has some solid defensive pieces, but I think they're still going to pound um, 
the Razorbacks into submission. And I cannot oh. see that Georgia defense is going to be lethal. I can't see Arkansas scoring more than 14. Pork is on the menu in yeah, Fayetteville exactly. after this game. It, yeah. It's going to be ugly. The yeah. Arkansas is – I pity them. They have such hard I mean, Georgia, Georgia, yeah, Georgia might as well start looking looking to that Alabama game in a couple weeks because um, they don't need to worry too much about Arkansas. Um, similar, similarly, um, I hate that word, um, similarly. Alabama will be uh, traveling to good old Columbia, Missouri. Um take on the tigers week one and yeah tiger i guess will also be on the menu following that same metaphor because uh um, no one no one eats tigers parker i people definitely eat tigers uh actually carol baskin probably eats tigers That's, or she feeds we she, digress we digress <laughs> but yeah no this game it it's gonna get ugly i mean waddle and smith should have a field day yeah i mean Nick Bolton can only do so much. The Missouri offense is still full of question marks. Quarterback, offensive line, um, yeah, wide that, receiver, especially. So I just, I, I can't see this being. You know, Alabama's going to win by at least thirty. Nobody, ooh. year in and year out, nobody is more prepared for Week One than Nick Saban's teams okay. as well. Um, you know, you just you see them. They don't generally play the best opponents Week One, but they always come in and look sharp. Um, uh, have some blowouts, so I think I think this will be very similar. I think Mac Jones is going to have a great game. Maybe some sort of silence some of the uh, critics saying Bryce Young should start. So yeah, I can Alabama will get into the forties, fifties. Missouri might get some garbage points late. Uh-huh. I I honestly think Alabama. I think they win by like twenty four. I don't know that they win by thirty. I just don't know that they're going to run it up that much. I think Missouri's defense is actually like. While Alabama's offense is very explosive, I think Missouri's defense is pretty serviceable. Uh, yeah. I like their their safeties are great, and they obviously have Nick Bolton. Yeah. Um, but I think that I, I don't know that they're going to give up fifty points. Um, I think that obviously offense they're going to have a very hard time. They need to figure out the left side of their offensive line. Um, it it'll be interesting. Um, because you're right about the whole uh, Mac Jones, um, uh, Bryce we, Young. We can't forget dynamic. We can't forget this. Also, is technically going to be the Alabama Revenge Tour this year. So, oh, they're pissed. I am. Yeah, I, I would be scared to be the first team on their schedule, much less when you're Missouri and you're fairly outmatched to say the least. And they um, have like 12 players out for COVID. Yeah, which is that doesn't help. So many. <laughs> you need you need depth if anything. When you're yeah, Alabama. I mean, um, it it should be a, a bloodbath, like yeah. we said. I am. Um, yeah, um, Vanderbilt might lose by more. <laughs> yeah, Vandy. Uh, you know, at least Missouri and Arkansas don't have to go on the road. Vandy's got to go to College Station, take on Texas A and M. Vandy really doesn't have a lot going for them this year. I I mean, yeah, there's not not anybody fear on either side of the ball. Um, and I just. Um, after Keyshawn Vaughn is gone, Jared Pinkney, Clyde Lipscomb, you just you don't have anything. They couldn't win with talent, and yeah. now they have no talent. Exactly, <laughs> they're not going to win anything. A&M's determined to sort of make a statement. Um, they did. A&M t- generally does handle. They don't. They usually do not play down to many SEC opponents. They just generally can't play up to the big boys. So I, that's not really the concern for them. I think Mullins can come out and have a great game. I think you're going to see. I think A&M might pitch. Maybe the biggest blowout of all three of those, just because I think they're gonna. Oh, for sure. I think they're gonna. 
lay down the biggest statement. And I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about them after this week. Um, not for an impressive win, but just how good they look in doing so. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely think that they'll win by the most. It's at home. Mond needs to have a good year for his draft stock, for his legacy at AM. Uh, Jimbo needs to win more than what I guess the eight game mark doesn't matter this year because it's different. But you get the point. Like they need to compete in the West. And Vanderbilt, like you said, they have no one. Mm-hmm. The, I think that, yeah, I mean, this could the, be a shutout like 56 to nothing. If Vandy keeps it within 21 points, all the credit in the world goes to them, though. And we, that would we be will, absurd. We won't, we won't uh, knock on them anymore this year if that we, does happen. So. We will stop all Vandy slander if mm-hmm. they keep it to three scores. Solemn promise to <laughs> City of Nashville and Vandy fans. I don't even think the city of Nashville cares. <laughs> I don't think they do. Either. I don't think. Yeah, to the maybe <clears throat> maybe twenty Vandy fans there are in the country. We, yeah, uh, and they all go to the games. It's only the season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. They're all like seventy. Yes. Well, uh, we'll personally <laughs> apologize to all of you because we handwritten can do that. notes. Yes, because your <laughs> fan base is uh, is small. Anyways, Vandy, we don't hate you. We just love making fun of you. But the uh, last game of the night, very intriguing. You're gonna have South yes. Carolina playing Tennessee. Ryan Helinski's not starting, which I think shocked almost everybody. Um, I, I mean, Colin Hill will be coming in, transferring in. I, I just, I would assume he just impressed so much in camp. Really, just um, outdid Helinski in every way because I, 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 I thought Helinski probably had that job locked up. But yeah, that's gonna be um, that's gonna be interesting. South Carolina needs to. Uh, Needs to change up that offense. Needs to get something going. You had uh, Marshawn Lloyd, who got hurt in the fall camp, which really uh, really stings. A lot of people were excited to watch him. So, uh, yeah, a lot of it will be on the shoulders of Hill. Um, and you got a Tennessee team, a, a good Tennessee team that is coming in. Again, you cannot make extensive judgments about Tennessee until late in the year. So that will hold back on that. But, yeah, it potentially could be a close game. Or potentially Colin Hill comes out and South Carolina looks the same as last year, or Tennessee looks like early season Tennessee of last year. Yeah, I mean, you Tennessee fans, bless their heart, they they need this one. I mean, they they have been told that this is the year that like like they're one year away, obviously, but like this is the year that they're back on the national scene. Like they're a player, they get primetime games. And they need to win this game for sure. Um, I was also surprised when Ryan Helinski wasn't named the starter. Um, but yeah, Jared Garantano needs he needs to have a good game, establish himself, and the the Tennessee. I mean, it's on the road. What do you know the situation with fans with South Carolina? That's so important. Like if you're letting in twenty five percent fans, that's a big deal compared to having like, like every SEC team is letting it's, in at least twenty percent. It's every okay. So yeah, I mean that that'll be a factor. But yeah, I don't. I'm not buying the South Carolina team. And I, I think Tennessee, I like what Jeremy Pruitt's done. So mm-hmm. I, I think, think the, that, the yeah. balance, the balance on the Tennessee offense um, is going to be assuming Garantano has really, you know, improved from his early season struggles last year, um, down the stretch of the year. Um, he played very well. So the balance on that offense um, is going to be key. The wide receiver position is definitely the most iffy, uh, piece of the team as of right now lost Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, um, Dominic Wood Anderson, so many guys from that last year's team. So it'll uh, 
that'll be interesting to see if Garrett Tonnell is really on the same page as his uh, new crop wide receivers. But yeah, I think I think Tennessee comes out with this win, maybe in a close game, probably low scoring, just considering the uncertainty on both offenses. Um, but yeah, I think this will this is a solid building block win for Tennessee um, moving forward if they can uh, if they can get it in Columbia. Yes, so we need to switch gears to the ACC now. So, but Louisville pits at eleven. What? Yes. It's the game of the week in the ACC. I don't understand. The ACC. It should at least well, be an afternoon game. Game of the week has got to be the uh, South Florida, or not even South Florida, but just Florida rivalry. I don't, I don't care. Like, Honestly, like, so I know fun, it's a rivalry, but that's like telling me to watch. Like They always get so mad at each other every single time, though. And they've got they, so, it's always so intense because so many of those dudes knew each other from right. Florida high school football. Obviously. They're always beefing it during the game and stuff. It's... That's always a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of emotion in that game. I understand, but I'm just – it's going to be a blot. It, it's going to be a blot. I don't it, know. This would be like telling me to get pumped up for Georgia, Georgia Tech. That's what I feel like right now. Yeah, I think Florida State – I think I think Florida – just based on the fact that it's a rivalry game and such a big game uh, for both programs this year, I think FSU will keep it slightly closer than expected. Um but I still, yeah, I'd see Miami coming out with that. Can um, Norvell coach? Or? I don't think. But there's no way he can. It's, yeah, it's, only, it's it been like been a week. Since, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be without your head coach on the road. College game day is gonna be there. There's Miami's screwed. hot as any team in the country. You know, I, if that FSU offense, you know, you make generally teams make big strides between week one and two. So if that FSU offense, you know, really comes out, they also had a bye last week. Um, they so, lost to Georgia Tech, and they blocked like three field goals. That's the only reason it was close. Yeah. So I think that that game will be a bloodbath. That's why I said I wasn't excited for it. I know it's a rivalry game. I understand. It's very a great rivalry. I probably made some fans mad. Very if possible. you are a fan and you're listening, no, but I just don't care. It's if that, I'm being it's honest. That time. It's unfortunately for Florida State. This is they're already at the point in the year where they can they can either just sort of keel over and die or they can like fight back because you lose your first you start out 0-2 with a new coach and you lose to Georgia Tech who nobody expected to be great and you get blown out by Miami I FSU fans are, aren't going to tune in for the rest of the season at that point I mean there's not going to be much point so I think this is at least play Miami close and you can salvage some part in the first two weeks but yeah no, I see Miami winning fairly easily as well yeah it's keeping on that Keeping that nice three and zero record going into the Clemson game with a bye week could set up. For that me. will actually be a good game to watch. Um, we can do Louisville Pittsburgh at the end. So this is probably the only one that matters, and we can run through the rest pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Georgia Tech Syracuse. Georgia Tech is going to have a winning record going into Week Four. Yeah, That's kind of so. crazy. I think this will be. Yeah, I think that will be a close game, but I would say Tech will. Win. I think well, Tech's got the upper hand. Syracuse has looked if, awful. If you would have handed someone tech schedule to start the year and said you're going to go two and one, they take it. Jeff Collins would have been ecstatic. all day. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, I think that's definitely uh, if they can get this one this weekend, um, I think that's definitely uh, definitely a great start to the year for Tech. Um, yeah, I just did that Syracuse offense. And just you're, you've they can't protect. You know, I've got a revolving door quarterback as well. So I mean, it's now just it's um, they're 
it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. I uh, yeah, you got NC State traveling to Virginia Tech is finally playing a football game after <laughs> so long. So is Virginia. The whole state is well. that. Yeah, good all for them. Action. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, NC State just, I mean, absolutely stunned me by putting up. I mean, what was it, fifty-two on Wake Forest? Yeah, after their offense was abysmal last year, and not much has changed. <laughs> they came out and just, I mean, not a, I mean, Wake scored their fair amount of points too, but they were. They were not stopped for most of the night. And now they go into Blacksburg. It's a Virginia Tech team that Virginia Tech this year reminds me a lot of a team like Iowa State or something like that. That could be a lot better, but I don't I don't Hendon Hooker, I still don't I still don't know enough sort of about him to make a judgment on whether or not he's really gonna be the guy for Virginia Tech going forward. I um he, he's a great dual threat guy. I don't know if he's gonna be efficient enough in the passing game to really take them to the level where Hokie fans want to be at. But, um, yeah, primetime Blacksburg is always fun, and I think this is going to be – this is a winnable um, – a very winnable game for Tech um, to sort of ease them into the season in their first game after everybody else has played, like, two or three. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that will be a solid win yes. for Tech. They, they, should, they should win that game. But NCC, you're right. They looked very impressive I against tend, Wake. Yeah, I mean, I tap NC State to be probably like the second worst team, third worst team in the ACC, and they did not look like that. Do you think uh, any chance Boston College loses to Texas State? Yes. Really? Not a good one, but yes. Texas State. That would be so Texas funny. State won last week, and they've lost like two games by like seven each. And that UTSA, UTSA game went to multiple overtimes. Texas yeah. State isn't a terrible team. In Boston College, I also stunned me last week by being Duke and you know actually, that was strange they looked, they looked solid doing so the offense actually looked you know fairly explosive defense shut literally didn't allow Duke to score a point after halfway through the first quarter I mean if they, if they play like that again that's it's this will be an easy win um but I, it could be maybe semi-close for a half or so but yeah, yeah Boston, Boston College I had is the dead last team in the ACC yeah I didn't think they, they were going to be very good at all proved me wrong um, they were someone like Vandy I thought they had lost all their pretty much all their remaining talent but uh, credit to uh, credit to Jeff Holly coming in there and, yeah uh, really keeping things afloat so speaking of that team that they beat last week which shocked me Duke needs to win also Virginia needs to win this <laughs> this game is very important for both of them Duke is wow Virginia's favored by five yeah I mean Duke has not looked great but they look they looked good week one. They just played yeah, horrible last week. a lot week. of, uh, yeah. You didn't, Chase Bright barely made any mistakes week one. He made a lot last week. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think maybe can learn from a lot of those. Um, coming into this week, I think that uh, he, he needs some help from his running game as well after they were held to, you know, six points against BC. Uh, I mean, Virginia, a lot is unknown as of right now. You're going to have a lot of new faces coming off of last year's uh, ACC championship uh, runner-up. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think Virginia is going to be um, much like a Georgia Tech um, or a Pitt this year, very a very tough out um, no matter who's playing them. Um, I think that's just the way Brock Mendenhall um, coaches his teams and raises his guys. They're always going to be um, tough to beat on any, any given Saturday. So, yeah, I think I, I'll I would agree with that spread. I think Virginia comes out probably with a maybe one to two score wins, something like that. Yeah, I mean I think it's gonna be close for sure. I thought they might be favored by a little more, um, based on how 
bad Duke looked last week. And the fact that they are, you know, defending or ACC runner-up, is that a thing? I don't know. They were the ACC runner-up last year. But obviously, yeah, they lost some talent. Um, it They need to win that game. Duke needs to win that game. That that game will be important if either one of those guys wants – either one of those teams wants to – meet their fans expectation for this upcoming mm-hmm. year important swing game for sure yes uh, yeah so we can uh, louisville pit yeah louisville pit the um one of two ranked matchups this week uh in the country or actually one of three my fault but uh we'll talk about the third one in a minute but um yeah, yeah don't forget the service academies parker i would never do such a thing but uh yeah louisville in desperate need of a ba- uh, bounce back win at pit looking to Really make a name for themselves, you know. Started out two and zero, haven't looked great necessarily, but I, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a feel from Kenny Pickett so far that he's taken a step forward, and he's not going to be dealing with a lot of the inconsistencies he dealt with in the past. Um, that defense is, I mean, they had I believe seven sacks last week against Syracuse. They're nasty up front, um, and so yeah, I think I think pit um i think he's gonna make a push into the top tier of the acc top well wow. top half okay top seven. Say, okay 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 that's more reasonable maybe maybe they fin. maybe i think ceiling they finish in like that fifth spot maybe but okay okay i, I thought you were about to say um, they had a chance to you know maybe shock some people with like no i don't think i still don't think pickett is capable of that um he's 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 got the uh he's got guts for sure but i don't know i don't think he's gonna be uh He's just not talented enough to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Louisville. This is a this is a big a big game for them. I think if you lose this game, come out. They're done. Owen, start zero to an ACC play one and two. They're um, done if they lose this game. Still got Notre Dame and a couple other tough games left on the schedule as well. So I don't. Uh, this is. I think this is a must win for them. I. And this is a tough one to call because I don't know how Louisville's going to come out and play after that disappointing game last week. So um, if Louisville comes out and plays to their standard that they could play at, I think they'll win it. Um, but yeah, that, it'll be fun to watch that pit defense. You know, they're very physically imposing versus a sort of fast, spread out Louisville offense. My uh, my take on this game is I don't think Louisville's defense can play worse. They looked atrocious, and we know what their offense is capable of with. Malik Cunningham is that his name now? Gone between Michael and Malik. I yeah, believe is that Malik his name? Now Whatever now. his name is, M. Cunningham. Um, I think that I think Louisville is due for a bounce back. I don't think you can play that bad on defense in consecutive weeks. But then again, they were my lock of the week, so maybe I'll be wrong again. Maybe that's what I specialize in—being wrong. Um, so. It will be interesting to see how Pitt does. Um, they, because you're right, they they have a chance to actually not make noise, but like make make a little bit of noise in terms of the ACC. Um, honestly, surprised that they're ranked 21st. That seems a little high, but yeah. I think that yeah, they do have a, a good shot. And if they win this game, that's a good. Uh, swing game that they need in terms of if they want to you know, finish with a winning record. Yeah, I t- I have tab- a productive season. I'd tab Pitt in for that little bit of noise. I'd tab them in for maybe pulling off one probably significant upset this they're, year. They're good at they, some point. Pitt always has a knack for getting a little upset in. Mm-hmm. They they beat yeah, Clemson one year. They beat Miami the one year they were good. Yeah, they, I think they're they're an upset team. Yeah, they've got the potential um, to do so. This this might be their best team. 
that they've had probably since James Conner and Nathan Peterman were there. So, um, yeah. I, I Nathan do, Peterman's uh, the GOAT. I do like them for sure. Um, so, yeah, that uh, that about wraps up the Power 5 action this week. Um, uh, the, the first sort of semi-full slate of the year. It'll be, uh, be a lot of fun to watch. It, the schedule, it looks more like a typical college football Saturday, which is great to see um, during these times. So, yeah, um, with the group of five this week, not a ton going on. UCF should get an easy win in East Carolina. Um, you're going to have uh, – Marshall's on a bye week. We didn't touch on their game earlier. They, they yeah, Marshall looked good, good with that win over App State. We very forgot to mention that. App State. Um, they're also ranked now, which is great to see. Um, and at BYU hosting a uh, not a very Detroit team. Troy's also a solid team in the Sun Belt as well. Um, started out undefeated, so um, BYU is looking to sort of uh, keep that perfect record intact, um, possibly all season long. And this will be a. This will, this is probably after uh, after the Houston game and potentially the Navy game. This is probably their third toughest game, I'd say. So, you uh, they do uh, they, if they want to have some postseason hopes, uh, they do need to look good um, in this one. But the uh, yeah, the Group Five game we really want to touch on the most is uh, Army playing at Cincinnati, the third ranked matchup of the weekend. Yes, this looks like a very good game. Uh, I'm excited, honestly, for this game. I think it will be interesting. Um, and anytime Army plays, they're just fun to root for. They just run the ball every time, and they are the future officers for this nation. And you're just like, yeah, these guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like Army in this game, honestly. I don't like that Cincinnati is, what, a 14-point favorite? That yeah, seems like too large, much to me. Large for me as well. I would. Uh, Army looked great yeah, in their Army's first looked, game. Army's looked sharp in their first two games this year. Um, triple options working at a great pace so far. Um, yeah, they're averaging over uh, over 360 yards a game uh, on the ground, which is uh, typical and Army. Like four yards through the air. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, Cincinnati. I I still don't. Um, yeah, Desmond Ritter. I still don't. He, he reminds me a lot of Kenny Pickett. I don't. I don't trust. I don't know if he's taking that next step yet in the passing game. I don't know if I trust him to really be able to because he's got a great team surrounding him. But I don't know if I trust him to really win Cincinnati big games to be able to take them farther than they already have been. Um, he lost Michael Warren, but they have they have some solid backs um, behind him as well. That defense is going to be great this year, um, especially in the secondary. But uh, obviously, this game will be testing more of their uh, the front seven. So. That'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, Army just looked so so sharp and crisp these first two weeks. I find it hard to bet against them. I, I would definitely bet for them covering that spread. Oh, winning I outright, think so, too. Winning outright on the road, I don't know about that. But, I mean, you never know. There's been some unexpected situations, yeah. obviously, every year and this year. Yeah, regardless, I think this will be a very low-scoring game for sure. Yeah. Defensive battle. I just um, Yeah, with the spread, I think it's too many points. Like, Army's not going to give Cincinnati enough possessions to win by 14. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't that. think that, I think, that um, it happens. But yeah, the, this game is, I think this game is huge because I think the winner of this game comes out, you know, if the Big Ten wasn't playing, I think the winner of this game comes out thinking, all right, we've playoff got chance. a ranked win under our belt. We've got playoff chances now. Especially if, we if you're Cincinnati because yeah, you still now, get I mean, UCF. Now this, game, now this game can also, I think, would you can put some, assuming the New Year's Six Bowl games happen, you can put some New Year's Six uh, implications on this one as well because I think both of these teams um, – both these teams could potentially run the table easily, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if Cincinnati's really because um, a lot a lot is behind UCF right now. People still like Memphis as well, um, 
So yeah, it'll be this is Cincinnati's first game to really sort of make their make their claim to the year and how uh, how they're going to be because a lot of people yes. label this as Cincinnati's year in the American. So I not with the way UCF's playing right now. Um, the main, Mr. Yeah, Gabriel UCF still. looks very good, but um, this is my this is just a great stat. I just thought I'd share the leading passer for Army is one for two with twenty nine yards. That is beautiful. That's efficiency. That is. That is ground mm-hmm. and pound football. It was even weird because last week when Navy came all the way back against Tulane, they were airing it out at times in that second half. Um, but uh, yeah, Army still uh, still is not doing that. But I don't ranked. think Army's ever aired it out. They no, they're for still, the Air Force. Uh, I mean, they're ranked <laughs> and they're winning games. So I, uh, I'm gonna skirt past that joke. It was um, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and move on to our sort of closing section. Our um, to watch apologize for, the week. for that he is a very cortez very busy man That's yeah calls all the time yeah you know me females <laughs> no um, i have a girlfriend one one lady man mm-hmm. but yes superlatives player to watch this week i um i don't know there's a lot to choose from i yeah, the the sec is definitely the an SEC player is probably gonna have to be the pick for me just because there's so many that are gonna be playing their first games this weekend i'll um <laughs> I would I would say probably Jared Garantano just okay. to see how he uh, you know last year started out very rough for him and that entire team a new wide receiver core on the road against what will still be a good South Carolina defense Will Will Muschamp doesn't put out bad defenses so I um, yeah that'll be that'll be interesting because if if Tennessee gets into another defensive grudge match people are not going to be entirely satisfied with Garantano and they're going to be clamoring for. Um, five-star Harrison Bailey to be thrown in there, maybe Brian Mars or something else. So, and that's the last thing Tennessee needs is another rotating to our quarterback. So, I, w- I would put in Garantano probably for my pick there. Um, Rice Plumley is also, and Terry Wilson, um, both also. I'll be keeping a watchful eye on. I'm gonna go with two different quarterbacks than you said from the SEC. I think that uh, the first one in terms of real national implications. I'm going to go with JT Daniels because it has been a quick shift from probably Jamie Newman was going to start and now what their offense is going to look like. And it's not a terribly difficult opening game with Arkansas, but I think that it's it should be very interesting to see how the offense is kind of molded around him. Um, so that's my first one. And I also like, is KJ Costello going to fit in with the air raid is going to be my other one because I think that it'll be interesting to see not so much about Mississippi State, but more so for just Costello in terms of numbers and his uh, eventual draft stock come this spring. So those are my two. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think yeah, almost every – I mean, you look down the list, every quarterback in the SEC this weekend has something to prove, I think. Um, maybe outside of Kyle Trask, every – Every SEC quarterback this weekend um, is yes. going to have a lot to prove with how they play um, in some pivotal years. So definitely, quarterback position in the SEC this year is going to be fun to watch because you got a lot of guys that could, um, you know, be all over the spectrum of good to great to disappointing, etc. Um, so yeah, so now we'll look uh, look at our upset pick of the week. I um, West Virginia over Oklahoma State is very tempting. Oh my gosh, that's my lock. <laughs> well. <laughs> Looks like one of us is going to be wrong, but no, <laughs> I, I, will, I, will wrong. Not, I will not pick that because I do not, uh, I do not think I just, I, at least I hope Oklahoma state does not disappoint us so early after 
everybody pegged this as their year and drops that one. I'll, um, yeah, NC State Virginia Tech is also very tempting. Um, I don't, Virginia Tech's had so, so long to be like watching, waiting other games. I think they're going to be, you're going to be taking on an NC State team that's already played one game, going to be in a rhythm, very hyped after that uh, big win last week. And I just can see Virginia Tech being a disappointing team this year, honestly. I still, some things just seem off with Justin Fuente over there. And I just, I, I don't, I feel like, I don't think they're ever going to be sort of an upward trajectory under him again. And I think he'll be, uh, he might be out of there, maybe not by the end of this year, but sometime soon. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Army. That's going to be my pick. I don't really like any of the games from the, uh, the Power Five uh, conferences this week. I think that a little, the favorites are gonna probably do their thing. None of the there's no real marquee matchups. I think um, the and then oops and then the um, the uh, the Pittsburgh Louisville game. I think that's really a toss up. But I, I like Louisville, but I I'm not as confident after the performance last week. So yeah, I'm gonna go Army. I think they'll keep the ball. They'll keep it low scoring, and I. I think that they just they looked really sharp recently, and so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with that. Yeah, no, I would too. I think that that game is virtually a toss up for me, so I could I could see that one going either the way. The spread still confuses me. Yeah, two scores. Vegas, wow. uh, Vegas loves Cincinnati. I think so. That could uh, that could play into it, I guess. Um, and now we'll uh, now we'll do our locks of the week. I'd like to point out I'm two and zero. I'm one and two. If you'd like to make money. Listen to what I have to say. I'm going to throw out like four this week, though. That's Just not lock fair. them in. It's not fair. It is I, fair. I if they're all right. <laughs> lock of the week, I'll be choosing one to stay, to stay consistent. My one will be the one I've been preaching the entire time. Texas is going to destroy Texas Tech. Oh, that's one of my. Sam Ellinger is going to throw for 450-plus yards. 18-point spread. It's a great spread because I think Texas, I think three touchdowns is very – plausible i think more than that is what's going to happen but even i think 42 21 easily could happen and in a lot they'll score more than 42 points I, if they do all the all the better all i think better. they might score 42 points in the first half and then ben jellinger possibly um that's one of mine but I, i'll throw it out for the sake of competition so like i said oklahoma state minus seven minus eight it depends on where you're getting the line I think that's a lock. I think they played horrible in quarters two and three because of the situation at quarterback. You saw instantly when Illingworth came in the game, they completed a 30-yard pass. Changed everything. I think that they're going to take care of business with more passing in the in the offense. Chuba's going to have more ability to, you know, he went like, he had like 20 carries for like 95 yards. But that's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that they're going to open it up this week. I also like – I'm trying to – I also like Miami minus – I know it's a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. But tough. I don't think I want to call that one a lock. So Rivalry games are always tough to predict. It's tough, but I'm not going to call that one a lock. Um, and then there was, there was one more. There was one more I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, I guess – since I already used them for my upset, I can't say the lock of the week, Army minus 14, but I think that would be in there. Um, this is desperation, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't desperation. This is this is me taking more 
create that it wouldn't be creative. I don't know. I personally think that there's more than just one lock of the week. There could be locks of the week, Parker. I think that's plural. Teach his own. Teach his own. Plural. Um, yeah, I will just go with we'll just go with Oklahoma State and then Army. Those mm-hmm. are my two locks because Parker said Texas, and I really did like Texas because mm-hmm. I think that Tech is. Their defense has more holes than a golf course. Yeah, I'm shooting for an undefeated season with the locks. So if you're right, if you're <laughs> that's a joke. If you're riding with me. Want to make some money? No. <laughs> Wrong, Parker. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that uh, that'll about wrap it up for this uh, week four preview. Enjoy your uh, first weekend of SEC football. Whole Southeast will be partying all weekend. Maybe the Big Twelve can uh, get back on track. Give us some. Uh, Give us some nice performances, um, and the uh, ACC will probably uh, we'll learn a lot more about them this weekend with a lot of swing games and a lot of teams playing their first games. So, yes, uh, any uh, closing thoughts you would like to add? Uh, I'm just happy the SEC's back. It hasn't felt real until they're back, and honestly, it won't feel real until like there's a big SEC game. Mm-hmm. But we're we're getting there. We're getting closer. Yeah, and honestly, I'm really excited for that Big Ten for the Big Ten to start because I oh, like yeah. a lot of those games on that schedule. They're in the, what ten weeks? It's gonna be exciting. Gonna yeah. be exciting. So we're almost we're almost all the way back, ladies and gentlemen. So close. It's been a been a long journey, but yeah. Anyways, um, thank you guys for tuning in to the uh, fourth episode of the CFU podcast. Appreciate you listening, and we will uh, see you all later. Yeah, catch you guys next time.